0: Okay, so here's what we have with classical conditioning, and these this is just the terminology page. Okay, one the purpose of understanding classical conditioning is to understand involuntary behaviors, behaviors that we go, why in the heck did I just do that? Um, behaviors that are out of our nature in some ways, or Behaviors that are very predictable if we're in that situation. Okay. So let's go so through some terms first, and then we'll get into the original experiment that uh, 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 discovered classical conditioning in, within science. So, an unconditioned stimulus is a stimulus that relies on no previous experience to elicit an unconditioned response okay so um, in the example we're going to use we're going to use food and in the original experiment we're going to say salivation because salivation regardless of learning, will occur in the presence of food, okay? A neutral stimuli is a stimulus that is completely unrelated to the unconditional stimulus. So, in this case, we're going to use a bell, because a bell does not equal salivation. Now, for a bell, for me, it Irritation in my ears, but it doesn't make me hungry or doesn't make me salivate. A conditioned stimulus is something that is paired with a neutral stimulus. In this case, we're going to pair food and we're going to compare, we're going to pair a bell. which then makes this an unconditioned stimulus. A conditioned response is when we have a response after this paired um, stimulus that creates a conditioned response from just the presence of our conditioned stimulus that doesn't naturally elicit that response. Okay, so let's go through this. So I'm going to talk about Ivan, Ivan Pavlov, who was a Russian scientist, who actually was interested in the digestive system. And indeed, I think it's interesting that we talk about him in psychology classes, because he is actually the first one to develop our first anti-acids. Uh, if you drink Pepto, you have Pavlov to thank for that, um, and, and, and a lot of other digestive types issues that we now can correct, you have Sir Pavlov to thank for that. But what he tends to be most popular for is the discoverer of classical conditioning. So let's go through the story as it's told. So dogs are set up in a a system where where their saliva glands go into a tube which can be measured. So So the glands excrete saliva, it goes into these tubes, the scientist measures it, And what Pavlov was originally interested in with dogs is the intensity, one, the intensity of the smell of food and the location of food. Classical conditioning came, he discovered, came with the intensity of food, but that becomes irrelevant later on um, as he discovers this idea of classical conditioning. So You present the dog with food, the the dog salivates, the dog eats the food, they're satisfied. The unconditioned stimulus that elicits an unlearned response or an unconditioned response is food and salivation. Okay. And what Pavlov noticed, because he had these clear saliva tubes that are filling, is that dogs tend to elicit salivation with or without the presence of food. And what the additional thing that he noticed is that dogs salivated without the presence of food as food was being delivered. And what he originally did, the original kind of thing that he did is he recognized that dogs started to salivate once they heard the footsteps of the person who was delivering the food. So what he did is he made it so the situation was automated. There was no foot sounds. He created a machine that just automatically fed the dogs. And what he noticed with the automatic feeding systems the dogs did not salivate before receiving the food. And so he decided to set up this experiment where he has this neutral stimuli, which is a bell that elicits no no salivation response. Okay. But then what he did, because he noticed the pairing of the footsteps with the food created salivation, what he started to do is he started to pair the bell with food and over multiple times he noticed that the bell with food bell with food bell with food created salivation and then he would just elicit the bell whoops and what he found is that the bell in the absence of the food would elicit salivation if these two things were paired together okay and so now we have what became a neutral stimuli to what Pavlov called a conditioned stimuli if you want to think about this a learned stimuli and that conditioned learned stimuli created salivation in the dog okay So this is the concept of classical conditioning is that when there is something in our environment that there is a unconditional need that needs to be met, we will associate those things in that environment with that unconditioned stimuli that satisfied that response. And we will elicit that response Whenever we're in that environment. And I don't know about YouTube, but, uh, I know I have an unconditioned response. Every time I walk into a kitchen, uh, even when food is not displayed anywhere, they're put in the back of the pantry in the closed fridge and there's nothing there. When I walk into a kitchen, I tend to, regardless of whether food is there or present or not, I tend to salivate. Um, I can't study in a bedroom because a bedroom is associated with sleep. I tried to read in, in, in my bedroom a couple weeks ago. Didn't work because that's not my conditioned response to a conditioned stimuli. Um, and, And it doesn't elicit an unconditioned response. So those are all examples of the power of classical conditioning. And, and I just gave the example of the complex example. Yes, Rachel, if you need to learn classical conditioning, look up that one office episode. Uh, I've seen it too, but I don't know what season or episode it is, but it is a great example of this. There is a good example of classical conditioning, and I I always like to bring this up. Let me stop sharing and and let me bring this up because I think it's a good example of classical conditioning. And it actually comes from, um, It comes from uh, the show, The Big Bang Theory, and I I, I really like this. So I'm going to show it just real quick because I think it emphasizes the meaning of classical conditioning.
1: Okay, so Kim, the night manager, went on
2: maternity leave, and her husband's name is Sandy, right? So get this. Her replacement is a woman named Sandy whose husband's name is Kim. Wow. (laughs) I know. What are the odds? Easily calculable. We begin by identifying the set of married
0: couples with
2: unisex names. We then eliminate those unqualified for restaurant work, you know, the aged, the imprisoned, and the limbless, for example. Next, we'd look at the set of people with... It's an amazing coincidence. Can we leave it at that? I'm sorry. Oh, Penny, it's as if the Cheesecake Factory is run by witches. Oh, Sheldon, it's as if you don't think I'll punch you. Come on, you guys, let it go. Fine, whatever. Are you finished? Well, thank you. How thoughtful. Would you like a chocolate? Um, yeah, sure. Thanks. What was that? You said be nice to Penny. I believe offering chocolate to someone falls within the definition of nice. It does, but in my experience, you don't. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. That's you, obnoxious and insufferable. Oh, sorry, Sheldon, I almost sat in your spot. Did you? I didn't notice. Have a chocolate. Thank you. You're here a lot now. Oh, am I talking too much? I'm sorry, zip thank you Mm -hmm. chocolate yes please Mm -hmm. oh hey kim yeah i you know what hold on let me take this in the hall Okay. I know what you're doing. Really? Yes. You're using chocolates as positive reinforcement for what you consider correct behavior. Very good. Chocolate? (laughs) No, I don't want it. Sheldon, you can't train my girlfriend like a lab rat. Actually, it turns out I can. Well, you shouldn't. There's just no pleasing you, is there, Leonard? You weren't happy with my previous approach to dealing with her, so I decided to employ operant conditioning techniques, building on the works of Thorndike and B.F. Skinner. Yet by this time next week, I believe I can have her jumping out of a pool, balancing a beach ball on her nose. No, this has to stop now. I'm not suggesting we really make her jump out of a pool. I thought the bazinga was implied tweaking her personality It's sanding off the rough edges if you will no you're not sanding penny are you saying that i am forbidden from applying a harmless scientifically valid protocol that will make our lives better yes you're forbidden bad leonard (laughs) What could she possibly be talking about for so long? Obviously, waitressing at the Cheesecake Factory is a complex socioeconomic activity that requires a great deal of analysis and planning. Bazinga. You know, using positive reinforcement techniques, I could train that behavior out of her in a week. No. If you let me use negative reinforcement, I can get it done before we go to bed you're not squirting her in the face with water. No, of course not. We're talking very mild electric shocks. No tissue damage whatsoever. Forget it. Oh, come on. You can't tell me that you're not intrigued about the possibility of building a better girlfriend. I'm not. Penny's qualities, both good and bad, are what make her who she is. You mean like that high-pitched, irritating laugh? Yes. You wouldn't prefer a throaty chuckle? You're not changing how Penny laughs. No, that would be incongruous. Now, I was going to lower the whole voice to a more pleasing register. Uh, sorry, guys. That girl is freaky. <laughs> you come again? Freaky. Freaky? Yeah, freaky. Have a chocolate. Thank you. Well, I'm going to make some warm milk and then turn in. I trust if you two are planning on engaging in amorous activities, you'll keep the decibel level to a minimum? Of course. Thank you.
0: (laughs) These are so good!
2: Unbelievable. I was just thinking we should probably turn into Well, you know, my new bed got delivered. If you come over and put it together, you can stay at my place. Really? That's a lot of work and it's kind of late. Yeah, but if we stay there, we won't have to be quiet. Let's go. <laughs> Interesting. Sex works even better than chocolate to modify behavior. <laughs> I wonder if anyone else has stumbled onto that. <laughs>
0: Okay, so that was a corny example of transitioning between conditions.
1: Google, Google It's easy to switch to five from the, com-
0: the The difference between um, uh, classical and, and operant conditioning is a good transition point because that, that definitely shows both the classical conditioning part, which is the association that, that Penny had with her environment and her response but then this idea of classical conditioning, which means behavior can be modified, even dependent upon what has previously been conditioned. Um, and given that it's 721, uh, I think that we should close up today with that hilarious video. I think it's hilarious. It's kind of a an exaggeration. Um, but um, one thing that I would challenge you to do uh, over between now and Tuesday is I would Discreetly try these this conditioning about rewarding someone whenever they do a behavior that you approve of uh, v- versus not, um, and it may be a simple behavior. I, I've had students who have trained their goldfish to uh, one one of my students using these these classical conditioning techniques and these operant con- uh, uh, conditioning techniques actually. Uh, uh, conditioned his girlfriend into hugging him because he he, he was a hugger and and uh, she wasn't. And so over a series of time, what he would do is set up situations in which he would fall and he would trip. And of course, what's the natural response when someone is you go and grab them and and, and embrace them to make sure that they're OK. Right. And so he did this over a series of time. Um, where where uh, he would fall, she would catch she, they would embrace and and then after a series of time it came to be that he would show up to her house and she would instantly hug him uh, They would be in some random place and she would instantly hug him because of that conditioning that he did uh, with her which is kind of a an example of of the power of conditioning but I wanna end with this note, at least for tonight, is these methods are useful, but they don't really determine the whole human experience. So when we talk about reward and punishment, when we talk about associative learning with classical conditioning, please keep in mind that human behavior is variable. Even going back to my prison example, um, yes, so we sent uh, individuals back into their environment and about 60 to 70% would, re-sit, re- would re-offend. But what about that other 30 to 40%? We can talk about the individuals that we sent to um, a different location. Well, we didn't send them there. It was kind of a natural experiment. They chose to go there. What about those individuals? Still 16% recidivated. And, And the reason why I bring this up at the end of at least this lecture is that these are powerful methods to condition a behavior, but that doesn't mean that they always work because human behavior is more complex and more variable than simply reward and punishment or associative learning such as hearing a bell and salivating to food and so I just want to bring that point up for tonight and let's go ahead and end tonight and we'll finish with so Monday we have we have a big thing on our docket list we need to go through the social psychology stuff and make sure that we have that down we'll finish the learning section with uh, uh with 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 uh, conditioned learning. And we'll do a little bit with memory uh, and get into memory systems and how memory systems work. And then on Thursday, we'll end the class with a lecture on abnormal psychology. We'll discuss things like um, uh, psychological disorders, uh, mental illness, but we'll also look at other dysfunctional behaviors that are outside the normal range Um uh, and so we'll look at those behaviors as well because they're also considered abnormal. And we'll go over what the definition of abnormal is. So that's where we're headed in trying to complete this class. Unless Rachel Violet, if you have any questions, um, I think we're good for tonight because we're hitting on 7:25, and I and I told you both that we'd end at 7:30. So if there's no questions, uh, then have a good night, and we will virtually see you all on Tuesday. Violet? Yes. um,
2: Reflection paper. Uh, When did you say it was going to be due?
0: Um, And so so I didn't create a reflection paper for this week necessarily. um, And I believe you did the last one.
1: Yes, I did.
0: And, And I just didn't feel right assigning another reflection because I missed out on our lecture on Tuesday. And so I'm planning on giving both you and Rachel some credit for at least, uh, you know, you, you, you both wanted to attend Tuesday and everything else. And so in your grade book, you'll see a reflection for this week, but you'll see an automatic grade. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. Um, All right.
0: Okay. And then. You know everything we've gone over this week and whatnot will, will will be uh brought up in the little quiz that we'll do at the end of next week so um please make sure you you kept good notes and 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 you understand the material that we talked about this week because it, they, it will come up in next week's little quiz that we'll do okay
1: okay i'm sorry um i guess i do have a question then Um, So it's just with that upcoming assignments on the July 5th notes on social psychology, we can just upload, you know, what we have um, for that, correct?
0: Yes, Rachel, if you both can upload what you you understood from that video lecture, that would be great. I'll give you full credit for whatever you submit. But that'll give me a good idea of what we need to cover on Tuesday. So if you'll both still at submit the notes from what you understood from the video lecture, then, then, um, then, then I'll know what we definitely need to cover next Tuesday. And, and again, I'll give you credit for what you submit.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, you two have a wonderful evening, rest of your evening, enjoy your weekend, and we will see you on Tuesday.
1: Uh, uh, when is that due?
0: Um,
2: I, the notes.
0: I think it's due on Sunday. If I rem- let's look it up real quick just so we' we're, we're, we're on all on the same page. so let me look it up and I'll just take a quick look.... Okay so Violet, it is ju- due July 10th. Um, so whatever you you understood from the lecture uh, on Tuesday, just submit what you, what you know, and, and we'll go through those. But it's due July 10th, which I believe is Sunday at midnight. Okay? Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. All right, you two, have a wonderful evening, and we will see you on Tuesday.
1: Good night. Thank you.